Welcome to Inspire Campfire, a podcast where ordinary people tell their stories of extraordinary adventure. These are campfire stories meant to inspire the rest of us to light the fire within, get outside, follow our dreams, and return to tell our own stories. Ready? Let's strike the match. Welcome to today's show. I am your host, Scott Wurzbacher, and we are going to talk about what happens when we figure out how to blend the spirit of adventure with service to others. Our guest is Britt Yet. She is a wife, a mother, and a friend whose professional career reaches wide. Currently, she's an entrepreneur and owner of Wrap Ribbon, a supplier of ribbon and packaging products. She's also the missions program director at Myers Park United Methodist Church in Charlotte, North Carolina, and an original founding board member of the Go Gen Go Foundation. Britt is a Christian and a youth volunteer, which she notes is her favorite. And today she's going to talk with us about how mission trips have allowed her to experience a merger in her life that has brought together both her personal and professional paths. Britt, Welcome to the campfire, my friend. Hi, you make me sound so much more exciting than I am. <laughs> oh, that's just the perfect intro in here because <laughs> humble and humility like that just describes who you are to a T. You do so much for others. Um, Britt, can we just start with just a quick little overview of who you are and tell us about uh, your life here in Charlotte, North Carolina? Well, I'm actually an original, I'm a Charlottean, um, which makes me a unicorn of sorts. Um, I was born kind of um, <clears throat> over towards Gastonia. I mean, I was born in Charlotte, but lived yeah. over in Gastonia, Belmont growing up, um, came, moved into town um, my freshman year of high school and then have been, then, you know, took a big break in the middle to go to college and grad school and yeah. worked in other places, but it kind of always been a North Carolinian, um, returned to Charlotte in the early aught 2000s and have been here ever since found you know a husband here had some kids here um and started started like bumbling through this random like choices it seems like of career um that has brought me to this place which is sort of business owner and missions coordinator so here, so here's a fun thing. Like I asked you this morning to just give me some, I've known you for a long time. And sometimes when you know somebody for a long time, it almost makes the introduction even harder. Right. So I asked you for, you know, some ideas for your introduction and you shared with me, um, a story that you had told to, um, a, a youth in one of your organizations about how the path that you take in life, it seems random, but when you look back at it, it, it sort of makes more sense. So I, right. I'm kind of curious if you could just kind of like elaborate on sort of what you told me in a text message this morning, because I think it's really relevant about that seemingly randomness of your path. Right. Well, um, this was one um, a lovely young woman that I've known for a long time. She's now, she was, um, I started volunteering with my church in the youth group. I have a wonderful friend, uh, Jason Reimer, who is a director of youth there and sort of like you know, a lot of my crazy adventures start with him. He's someone you should probably have on a podcast at some point, <laughs> but um, he kind of pulled me in and asked me to help out. And I fell into it and just found a passion for these kids, these high school kids. Um, and at this point I had small children. So this young lady is, is now graduated college and is looking for a job. And she was like, I don't know if it's the right job. And I started thinking about my own jobs. And I was like, 
I think you just start, you know, and you find your way. I think that, um, you know, at 20 something, I had no idea who I was. I, I don't think I ever realized how many jobs were out there. Um, yeah. So I started, I mean, I worked, I've worked everything from commercial real estate to like long distance telephone when like voice over internet was a, a new thing. Yeah. Well, I've sort of taken these choices. Most of them had to do with people. And that'll be a theme that if I look back over my life, it was always about choices I made about people I knew and, mm -hmm. and where they drew me or recommended I go. Um, so it's always, you know, my path is always strewn. You know, I can identify each job and tell you about the person that, that meant something to me in that space. So I think I ended up, I just had, so in, in talking to her about her job choices, I kind of went through this random, um, you know, job resume, but then I realized, you know, along the way, my personal resume of, of, you know, getting married, starting a family, really in a sense, becoming a Christian, because I didn't really grow up that way and, and, and defining what that meant for myself, because I just church, I have a problem sometimes with church, um, not with God, but with church, it's a man-made thing. Um, so just sort of all of this path that I was going in my personal life. And then, you know, I'm working in random long distance telephone. So you know, <laughs> at some point, these things started to influence each other. And mm -hmm. I think that's that came with maturity and knowing myself a little bit better um, through, you know, a lot of the wrong jobs. They weren't bad jobs, but they weren't my forever job. There was no one job. Um, but, you know, every every step along the way is a choice you make that just either gives you more information about what you love in life or more information about what you don't love in life, which is all information and you become more of yourself. In, in your message this morning, you mentioned something about not really being able to see it until it's over and you can look back at it. Right. Right. I think, you know, looking back and, and, you know, we're always trying to make these decisions and I just don't think you, you, you don't realize in, in their entirety of how they fit into your life until you look back on it. And now this, this weird path of being, I mean, if you had asked me at 20 something, if I was going to work for a church, I would have, I mean, just laughed outright in your face. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but now I see that there's some elements of this, like working commercial real estate that, you know, pushed me away from certain things and towards other things, yeah. you know, so looking back, I, I see kind of how the path makes a little bit more sense. Well, you know, real estate is land and structures. And, and here you are going off to Mexico to build structures on land for people in yep. need, right? So this is what's so cool. And I this is something that I've always admired about you is that you've always got something on the horizon and some trip that you're doing. And it always seems to be connected with some level of service. And that's really what's just um, just been super intriguing to me. But even just most recently, I think it was just maybe a month ago, you went to Mexico. So I wonder, maybe we could just start there and you can just, uh, for, for listeners, just kind of give us an overview of what a mission trip to Mexico looks like. Um, for this particular, um, <clears throat> this is a trip I started doing with youth. So it was um, by definition, when you're working with young people, it's, it's usually needs to be active and it needs to be um, engaging in some mm -hmm. ways. So we have this brilliant mixture of, so it's this Faith Ministries, that's an organization in Reynosa, Mexico, and they build houses for residents in their community that um, it's, it's a lot like a habitat sort of format. So they put in a lot of sweat equity, but they're families that just can't afford to do that on their own. And they employ um, local 
workers for, you know, as foremen and as construction, then depending on who the groups, so groups come and visit a week at a time and build houses. So depending on how many volunteers they have versus worker, you work together with Mm -hmm. local and with the family that you're building for and you you create a home for them. And at that point, when you meet the family um, and work alongside people in the local community, it becomes a home, not a house, right? It, It just becomes, you know, you understand what they, who they are, why they need this home. Um, you see their current living conditions and it's, it's humbling. Um, it's one of those, you know, I, I thought a lot about adventure when you were talking about the podcast and, and a lot of that is, is adventure is really a form of just expanding your world. I think, you know, it's curiosity, it's seeking something bigger. And, um, we always go down to Mexico and, and it's hot and it's hard work. I mean, we're talking about mixing concrete, we're pouring roofs, um, you know, it's sweat and you're covered and you're dirty mm-hmm. and you're so fulfilled. Um, at the end of the day, you've done something and connected with people. And then we kind of all take a shower and sit and we eat together. We always eat together with the families. And then we sit on this patio at the end of the day with these breezes coming through and we talk about the day and mm-hmm. we talk about how um, we talk about a world that's bigger than ourselves. Everyone, no one, no one sits on that patio at night thinking about the, you know, their lives at home is, well, they do, but from a perspective of a bigger world. Yes. There, there is so much in there. I love how you boiled adventure down to expanding your world and you use the word curiosity, which is, you know, that's one of my favorites is, you know, it's kind of what drives me in this podcast is that curiosity behind why people do what they do, which is, is so cool. But like, um, fulfillment was something that I wanted to talk about and you, you kind of went there already. Like you talked about the dirt and the sweat and the hard work. Um, but then you followed that up with, and then we felt so fulfilled. So I just wonder if we could just go like one level deeper, like where does the fulfillment come from? Yeah. I, I, when I describe, especially this trip and I've done different mission trips in different places, but this one in particular, which is that really typical, like you work hard. I can't on paper, worst trip in the world. I mean, you are living in for a while. They now have air conditioning at night in our mm-hmm. rooms, but we didn't have air conditioning. It'd be 90 degrees in your room. Um, we had two showers for 25, women. We work hard. There's concrete stuck to your skin. You have to worry about concrete burns. We lift, we heft, you try to, um, buckets full of sand and more over your shoulder. And I mean, it's physically, it's just a really tough trip. And on paper, if you're trying to describe it to someone, people are like, no, thank you. (laughs) Um, but what I'll tell you is that you do that. And in the end, everybody is just asking for the dates when they get to get back. And I think part of it is, being in service to someone else. It's, it's not, service is never a one-way street. We're not there to help these families. We're there to offer our labor and then to get something in return. It's, it's, we are always given more than we receive. Mm. Um, and explaining it as little, and this is, I mean, now I'm, I'm sort of cheating a little bit, but there's a little bit, um, in the church, we're going to call it the Holy spirit. I mean, it's really a little bit of that, um, you can't quite put your finger on it, but you come out and your heart, you know, your heart has grown three times the size it was when it came in um, because you just, you've left a piece of yourself. It's all about connection and relationships for me. And and that's an easy place to do it. Yeah. So there's the connection, there's the relationship. Um, you know, you've helped this community, but what I also heard was like, there's a huge sense of accomplishment because 
I mean, essentially of the suffering, right? Like the, the hard work, it's, it's painful. It's suffering. Like, and yeah. you know, you do it because of the sense of accomplishment that you know you're going to have afterwards. Um, and I think there's a realization that, I mean, like anything is that at the end of the day, we also go back to a, a it's not a posh place, but mm -hmm. we go back to a place that's safe. Um, where we have running water, we have good food. I mean, you know, there's a, there's a scent, there's a humility in that is that we go and we work. Um, but it's a temporary, it's temporary for us and that we are witnessing people's lives. We are, we are offering that, that we all came from, which is a safe, safe home environment, you know, mm -hmm. well-resourced, we have everything we need and we are giving them the opportunity to share in that abundance right i mean just to give them a chance to have four walls around them and some a safe place to lay their heads at night yes yeah. dang sharing yeah. in the abundance that's that's awesome i love that so I, there's a sense of gratitude that comes out of this is what yeah. i'm hearing hey everyone it's scott here this podcast is a passion project for me because i absolutely love adventure and it's thanks to the effort of my residential real estate team here in charlotte north carolina that many of you know as the W Realty Group, that this podcast gets funded. This awesome group of people have unmatched levels of competence and caring for our clients. If you know of anyone looking to buy or sell a home, our team serves the Charlotte, North Carolina market, but we can also help you find an agent anywhere throughout the US or Canada through our highly connected network. When you support our real estate business, you are also supporting this podcast. Thanks for listening. And thanks for your referrals. Yeah. So now the interesting thing about this is, is it's not you going down there and I mean, it is serving these people, building these houses, doing the work, but you're also taking a group of people. So like from my perspective, looking at you, you're not only going and helping this community, but you're helping the kids that you're taking with you. Yeah. Right. So I'm kind of curious if you could kind of elaborate on like, what do you get to witness in terms of the experience that the kids that you take with you go through? That is the crux of, of all of it, really. I mean, it almost makes me want to tear up thinking about, um, goodness. It's awesome. Let it flow. Um, <laughs> these kids are, I don't know. I think it's, they come open to the whole experience yeah. or they don't, or they come in, you know, balls of nerves. Some of them we have, they're just scared to death of it, but they do it anyway. Right. So, so there's already a win, you know, we're taking just a very privileged, um, a privileged group of people down to witness something and maybe take and they're all out of their comfort zone. Gosh, they always rise to the occasion. They just, mm -hmm. they, they work hard. I mean, physically, you know, we're talking like cuts and sweat and, and, um, but also just humor and openness and just this outpouring of love you know they a lot of times meet other teenagers um in the community and i have these you know they come home and we had there was an arm wrestling tournament one night i mean it's just it's like and, and we do these fiestas once we and they they bond and half the time they don't speak spanish you know and but there's this communication and willingness to connect mm. um and we have kids, we have kids that you think, oh, it's, you know, one of those kids or something. I mean, you know, we're all sort of, we all have our ideas of who someone is. Yeah. Um, but you see a transformation. 
you see kids who, who come in, you know, all tough and like nothing, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm too cool for this. I, I, they maintain this sort of stoic shell yeah. and then just become open and vulnerable because it's, it may just be you're exhausted. <laughs> and so that you, you don't, you just can't hold on to that. But I think it's just um, these kinds of trips, you can't do it by yourself. None of this can be done by yourself. You have to ask for help. You have to rely on your neighbor. You have to, it, it just goes better when you're vulnerable and open and, and connecting with people. And it's just, it's really, the kids are transformed. I mean, they, they, it's, it's the highlight of their high school careers. I mean, they just, they love this experience and it's through teenagers. That's how we tell them. I was like, how you feel right now and, and sitting on this porch and feeling so close to these people, that's where the Holy spirit sort of works. Like it's hard to explain. Um, but you know, as we're going from a church, it's, it makes our jobs a lot easier. Yeah, totally. And it's just like this concept of transformation, which I'm, I'm just really like, and I just imagine like this group of kids that gets on the plane and then there's, there is this transformation that happens while you're there and like what it's like for you to witness like who these kids are when they come back. Right. And even like, you know, maybe on the plane ride home, but even like weeks later, like what kinds of changes, like, you know, real changes that you've seen in some of these kids. Well, and it's just the connections that they've like made to each other and to us. They're so much more real. I would say that, and, and it, it, they, they always talk about their high school friends and then there's this, this, but they, they almost can't bring it back to their regular friends either. It's hard to explain. They're like, this is, this was, it's, it's transformational. It makes it, you know, thinking about adventure, you think about like, um, yeah, a day you're like trapped inside with your kids and mm -hmm. it's raining all day. And yep. all of a sudden you say, all right, kids, we're going to go outside and jump in puddles. That's an adventure, right? Yeah. Adventure is about opening your eyes and doing something new and expanding your world. And I really think as we get older and we get into that four mile radius of our home, you know, um, and our calendars get packed with things, we just don't see anything new. And this just forces their world to expand. It forces them to see and think about the world in a different way and to see the other, mm -hmm. um, the other who is Mexican or is uh, poverty and all these things that they don't understand. It's really just humans in the end of the day. They're just connecting to the humanity of the people and their world and the way that they look at things is never the same again yeah. because they know that there's something more behind the story. Yeah. I don't like what I'm feeling right now as you're talking is just this sort of um, opening of their hearts. Yeah. Is that a fair yes. way to sort of. And I've seen it happen with youth, but then, yeah, I've gone to Africa with, with, you know, grown people, um, all of us adults and that same transformation can happen. Yeah. So yeah. I was, so I wanted to, cause I wanted to kind of cover some of the other trips that you've taken. Cause Mexico is only one of the, I'm going to say far off locations that you've been to, but I think you've been to Africa a couple of times. Can you tell us about the Africa trips that you've taken? Um, yeah, Africa is, um, we take it with a, um, and this will be a plug for Zoe Empowers. It's an, a phenomenal organization that does work with um, orphans in Africa. So we've gone, I've done that. And then we've done, done um, another trip with a different church where, where they focus on an area and they do everything from doing, you know, water boreholes to economic development. Um, so it's, again, it's um, going to a different part of the world and meeting up humans who feel the same things, who need the same things, 
who respond to the same thing. You know, everybody wants connection, um, but it's so easy to transform um, a community with a waterhole, a borehole, you know, it's, and so I think that we just take all of that comfort um, for granted, but it also makes us realize how much comfort's in our lives and um, how we're capable of more than we know. I mean, I think it's always just that mind blowing. And, and so the Africa trips, I think you said you've taken adults on that trip. That was not, was that not a youth trip or was it a mixture? It's adults. It's adults. adults. And I'm going again in September. I, awesome. Of course you are. <laughs> I love it. All right. So can you just draw some comparisons for us between like, again, like you're experiencing witnessing the adults as compared to the kids that you took to Mexico? Because I heard you say that there was a similarity. I'm, you know, I'd love to hear similarities and differences. I think a lot of it is just um, sometimes the teenagers didn't know, right? And they've grown up fairly sheltered. And so this is their first exposure. I think sometimes adults don't want to know, you know, so it's always in the, the trick is in who says yes to the trip, really. Like who says yes to, I want to, you know, I mean, um, Mexico is hot and uncomfortable. Africa is a, you know, we're going to take like a 14 hour plane ride. I mean, these are not easy places to get to. Right. So again, it goes back to what we said again, it's just that curiosity Um, with kids. They do it because their friends are there. You know, I don't think they know really what they're getting themselves into. They just come out. I think that's why the kids, they're like, minds are blown. Mm They just can't believe this experience they've had. Adults go into it and make that choice for themselves, maybe because they, they know what they're missing or they just have that curiosity to know more. Um, and all these trips really, it, you know, we do these trips to Africa and in the end you have a three day safari, right? And no one talks about the safari when we get home. Though it's, it's fabulous. It's fabulous to see the animals, but no one's talking about that when they get home. They're talking about these, you know, 18 year old orphans who have um, been empowered to pull themselves out of what is just shocking poverty Um, and have been empowered to make decisions for their lives and find education and find, um, community. It's all about community. Um, and then they build these communities and they micro loan to each other. And they, these, all of a sudden these 18 year olds are, um, not the, the poor kids in the community, they're leaders in their community Mm. and they're the, they're, they're leading, um, you know, they're business owners. They become business owners and um, acquiring wealth. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, so that, that is something that the adults see from a transformation standpoint, especially with these Zoe trips, watching how, um, and going there as a parent, as an American parent, um, it's humbling too, because what you see is a 16 year old is capable of a lot of things you know, when given the tools and being right. equipped. So right. our job maybe isn't to fix, it's just to equip them with the tools and let them do something. So I think that's always um, an amazing lesson, but I think it boils down to who says yes to the trip a lot of times and, and what they're, you know, they might not know. Most people don't, they go in with an idea of what they think they're going to expect on the trip and come home with something completely different. Well, is it fair like adults, you know, we have these life experiences. And so we do sort of have expectations. And to me, like, it would seem that there's more of a, like, I know what to expect sort of attitude, even if I don't. And I'm just curious, like, whereas the kids just have no clue, right? They're just going along. And so I'm just curious, like, do you, do you experience and have you witnessed sort of that same transformation in the adults? 
or how, how does the transformation differ? Um, I think it's a transformation. I think you're right about, but I mean, I think there is usually a surprise about, you know, now, I mean, once you've been on a few of these, you know, I mean, there is a, God, they even talk about the mission trip blues when you come home. Um, and all of a sudden you're taken away from that. I think what happens on these trips is that it is so, I mean, it's fulfilling, but it's just so rich. Mm -hmm. I'll say it's just every, every day, um, every interaction is just so packed with significance. And, yeah. you know, I think sometimes you realize you come home and you're like, wow, I spent six hours a day that I can't really account for, you know, yeah. but you go there and you just feel all the whole time. But, yeah. you know, you think of like, think about your trip to uh, Kilimanjaro. Yes. The first post I think I saw from you, I mean, I could be wrong, but was about the people that helped you get there. Yes it wasn't about the view from the top necessarily. It wasn't. And physically, I know it was a challenge and getting ready for it, but you were amazed at the people who helped you get there. A absolutely. You know, amazed. <laughs> the porters and the people that helped us get up that mountain. Yeah. Right. And so it becomes less about the mountain and, and, you know, not to be cliched, but the journey, but it's about the connections. And I think yeah. that's why these trips have sort of supplanted. And I, I still love, I mean, I love to go somewhere and and go see all these beautiful there's so many things on my bucket list i want to do but if you if you do it independent of the people or independent of the you know if you just go and 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 take a quick peek and back out you haven't left any of yourself there either yeah. um so i think it's about making you know leaving your leaving a part of yourself and taking some of it with you so there's an impact. So it's funny when you when you mentioned Kilimanjaro and and you said you went on this this two week trip that had a, a safari at the end. Nobody even talks about the safari, and I was just like reflecting on my trip because um, yes, climbing Kilimanjaro was an epic experience. I didn't go there with a service mindset like you're you're going on these trips, but there was when after our um, climb we were we went on a safari as well. And one of the things that we did was we stopped at a Maasai village. And, um, and it was only like a, you know, an hour long experience and, you know, 10 minutes of that experience, they actually took us into the schoolhouse and, and class was going on and my heart just completely melted. I like, I had a whole bunch of extra cliff bars from my, um, from my climb and I ran back to the car as fast as I could. Cause I wanted to give these kids just, I just wanted to give them something. They were just so cute. They were so awesome and my heart, my heart just melted. And like, you're so right. It's just like those, those kind of experiences. But for me, I want to ask you a question because for me, there was almost, I'm, I don't know if it's envy, but there was almost an envy about the way that they live because of the simplicity and how they live. Yep. And there's yep. almost some degree of like, you know, we get so caught up in the way that we live here in the United States and to see that people live like that. And they're, they're smart. Those kids in that schoolhouse, they were not, they were, they were having a blast. They were all smiles. They were having a great time. They were happy. Yep. yep. Well, and you know, we, we get that, you know, I can't say that everyone we run across is happy, but the lives, even that we as missionaries or, you know, people coming into the place, like in, in when we are in Mexico, it's very basic living. Um, and it's like you hate the cliche of it, but you realize so much of what you, the things you pursue, it's not, it's just not what makes it good and makes you happy. It's just not the stuff. It's, it's, it always comes down to um, 
personal fulfillment, feeling like you make a difference to to the world and to other people around you, you know, the relationships you're creating, you know, if we're all running out of a burning house, we're not taking our stuff. We, you know, we're, it's, we're just, we're glad to be alive. We're, we're concerned about our families and friends. I mean, you know, all that cliche stuff, but it's really true. And somehow in our life, we can't experience that until we're away from it. And we're yeah. proven, it's proven to us that that's not what you need for happiness yeah. or fulfillment. So I want to um, I want to pivot a little bit and talk about sort of I want to talk about you and, and that voice inside of you that calls you to adventure. And there's a couple of things here because uh, I'm going to it's I'm just gonna kind of a twofold question. But the first is you clearly have a heart that um, desires to serve. I, I know this about you and it's it's amazing. And um, you do so much to serve your local community. But you also have this, um, what I see as an adventure mindset that looks to couple that service with adventure. And I, because you could, you know, you could do a mission trip here. Like you, you know, there's, you could do Habitat for Humanity right here in Charlotte, but you choose to go to Africa, you choose to go to Mexico. And I just was wondering if you could talk about like that call to like those more remote locations as compared to, do, doing the service piece without the travel. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cause, cause what you're talking about is, is, is travel. You yes. know, there is a, I, I love travel. Uh, I grew up traveling. My, um, my uh, dad is from Germany. So I had family and we would travel to, to Germany uh, a lot of, you know, every other Christmas or so to visit family. And I, I love nothing more than getting on an airplane. I, I just think it's the greatest thing ever. Um, but service I think it's 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 marrying the two was a a, a very compelling you know I think when I first did a, a mystery I was like holy crap you can do them both so I you know if as long as the caveat is serving is a two way street there's always these transactional service opportunities right and we we all do them because they're important um, where we donate our clothes you know or we do our things and but we don't understand what's on the other side of it so there's uh, I think an important component of service is, you know, how are you getting served? Like this isn't a one-way street. There's something you're learning. So um, like you've done uh, at a uh, crisis, you know, going to dropping your clothes off and then sorting the clothes and understanding what their store is and who's using the store and understanding the entire process and understanding who's receiving and why that store is important so that you kind of come full circle. I think it's important to understand that, you know, the service is a, it's a continuum. Um, and you always find yourself on the receiving end if you're, if you're doing it right. Um, that's, that sounded judgy. I didn't mean it to be judgy, but I, I do think that we have really, um, really, really try to focus on relationships and walking alongside people and understanding that the people you're serving with people, you're serving alongside somebody, you're walking with them, right. So that you understand their path, um, and walk their path, not your path dragging. You're not trying to drag people onto your path saying, Hey, it'd be, it's better, better over here. Do it my way. You know? So it's that idea of walking and meeting people where they are. And I think by going to, by going to Africa and going through the villages or going in Mexico and not staying, we could stay across the border, not as easily now, but you can stay across the border in a, in a embassy suites and mm -hmm. drive across the border every day and do all that work and go home to the air conditioned movie suites and showers. But you know, we don't do that. We kind of live with the folks. We eat dinner, we break bread, right. tortillas and that count. 
you know, so it's, it's the idea of going somewhere and, and being there, not just sort of dropping in and yeah. pulling back out. Right. And so, um, so when I say I've been to Africa, you know, I have Facebook friends from, from Malawi, yeah. um, that I sort of keep in touch with, you know, you make, it's just understanding that you meet someone there. Otherwise, you just sort of drop in with a tour group and you stay with your your own tour group and you don't see anything other than this hotel they've chosen from. Like a lot of a lot of travel experiences are designed to make you feel very comfortable. And when you're very comfortable, you don't nothing changes inside you. You know, it's only when you sort of push your edges a little bit, whether it's fear of climbing a mountain mm-hmm. or it's fear of meeting someone you've never you've never known anyone like that before. You don't speak the same language, you know, when you go there and then you, you meet someone and you find out that the language is universal, um, that, that you can easily communicate if that you're in the right space. It just changes the way everything happens. You know, uh, uncomfortable is critical to growth. Yeah. And uncomfortable, you do uncomfortable. uncomfortable is critical to growth. Yeah. And then I, and I also heard like, you know, you talk about like the transactional service versus more of that immersive service. And when you do that immersive service, you're getting that connection that you, that you're seeking. Right. 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 It has, it has, because, you know, you've done service opportunities where you do it and you feel a little uncomfortable. You don't know exactly where you're going and you do it and you sort of stay on the fringes and then you sort of leave. And it's really just been sort of a drain on your time. Like you don't feel like I've found when I'm doing something that, that is the right for me. Um, it doesn't, it adds to my life. It doesn't suck away from me. Um, at the risk of, I, I know they're the PTA is the most important thing in the world, but like my time serving the PTA sometimes would just suck life out of me yeah. rather than fulfill me. Right. So, you know, finding those opportunities, um, this this past year, I worked with uh, Room in the Inn, which is a um, and you know, talking about adventure, there is adventure to be found right in our streets. Um, like I said, we have this four mile radius around our our lives, right? Because of we just you know the grocery store and kids' schools or whatever. You know, there's a lot in that four miles that you've never seen before, and people you don't know, and they're not like you. But what happens? These four miles gives us a real comfort zone, and. Um, so I, we work with uh, Room in the Inn, which is Roof Above, fabulous uh, organization here in town. Um, during the winter months, the, some of the un- unhoused neighbors, are they enter this program um, and they check in in the evenings and are, are dispersed around Charlotte to churches um, and other community organizations who um, provide them a safe place to sleep, meals, showers, That so it's a it's an overnight and if you go serve in that and really just sit down and get to, you'll have 12 to 20 people who come in. And if you sit down and learn their stories, it's an adventure and their lives are adventures. And, you know, I um, served through that whole winter and I, I dealt with, I mean, just really tough, tough situations. But that last day when they like pulled out, it was our last night of service. I mean, I, I wept. Cause you thought, you know, I can't, I'm not there anymore and I'm not going to see the folk, you know? So, so, you know, relate, it's just, it's an adventure. There's adventures everywhere. Um, travel is a great way to, to expand adventure, but Hey, you know, if, if you need, if you need a break from your reality and you know, the plane situation right now, you can't get a flight or everything's canceled, st- you know, stick around home. There's plenty of adventures we had, you know, 
I don't know. It's just a hard thing. I mean, I think adventure and travel, you, we think about it in such a one dimensional, like I have to go somewhere far right. away. Um, but I think it's just challenging yourself, doing something that you've never done before. Doing something you've never done before. And, and what I'm hearing with the service piece is, is that like the connection is what sort of brings it full circle for you and makes it complete. Yeah. Like that. Just, you know, it's just understanding that you, your idea, I mean, we get so complacent and so comfortable othering people and, and putting people into groups, but I, some of the most charming humans walked through the room in the end program with stories that were heartbreaking and triumphant and um, so very real, you know, um, it's just, we, we get so comfortable making it simplifying things yeah. and nothing is simple. You know, and I think we have to keep reminding ourselves of that. So all this, a lot of this is awareness. It's like, oh, okay. So we've, we're opening up our minds. We're expanding. We're taking these adventures through our curiosity, whether they're local or how have, how has all, I mean, because you, you've really gone deep with this. How has that expansion changed you and how you live your life? Like what's different about you today than before you started this journey of adventure through service? Um, it's kind of a blessing and a curse. I mean, I can't, I can't do things as simply as, as I once did. I don't get the same sort of satisfaction out of, out of everything. But at the same time, um, I just, I know, I know that you can, I, I just seek, I'm seeking connection. And I mean, I just, at the end of the day, whatever situation I'm in, I try to take a step into it. Um, mm. It's just taught me that the whole layers of an onion. I mean, our lives can be as, as little or as much as we make of it. And it's really up to us that, yeah. you know, we always have a choice of, of how to approach a situation and a person. And, and, you know, I, I dismiss people and judge people. I do all the things I'm not supposed to do too. It's also made me less fearful of humanity. It has, which, you know, affects my politics and everything else. Um, I'm not, you know, there's, I don't think there's anyone out to get us. You know, I don't think that making our world smaller and securing and putting borders around our lives is making anyone safer. Mm -hmm. um, I think it just makes us smaller, mm -hmm. you know, and I think even as a parent, you know, I'm always trying to be cognizant of, you know, we live in the space we're in. So you got to have that footprint has to be bigger. You know, you have to, you have to, the only way we learn is to step outside of that comfort zone. Yeah. And I, I love how you said that um, when you find yourself in these situations, like what you've learned is to step into it. Yeah. And I love, cause I just like that demonstrates courage. And you said like, it makes you less fearful, which is, you know, you know, fear it's, we're not, we're not trying to get rid of fear, but like courage is stepping into something in the face of fear. Right. And that's, and that's exactly what you're doing. It's what you're doing for the kids that you take with you and the adults that you take to Africa. The good thing is that wine always moves. Like what, yeah. what you're scared of or what makes you uncomfortable, it keeps moving. Like as soon as you step into it, that line extends out. So all of a sudden you look back and you're like, oh, that's no problem. And it would have just struck you, you know, fear before. So. So you're pushing your boundaries essentially is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I'm curious because you talked about like uh, getting complacent or, or whatever. Like, are you able to take adventures without the service piece? What's that look like for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Because there's an element of my service adventures that is work. I mean, because, you know, when I'm there and there with 40 teenagers, you know, 
somebody's getting cut and you got to take some, I mean, you know, there's always, there's a work element and you're taking care of people. Um, and it's nice to go on an adventure while I'm not in charge of anything. Um, and sometimes just beauty for the sake of beauty, you have to, you know, I'm not saying that this pursuit of stepping into the unknown, you can't do that every day. I mean, it's exhausting. Yeah. You know, yeah. it does take, you know, it takes a toll. It's, it's, so you have to rest and recoup a little bit. Um, you have to take time to sort of take the lessons in right? You have to sort of rest and, and internalize and, and reflect. So yeah, I always have a bucket list of, of adventure. I mean, I have teenage kids, so, and, um, which means now there's four of us that have to go on the adventure. So you all of a sudden it costs more money, (laughs) all of those kinds of things. Um, but my kids love to travel. So travel's um, a big deal We're you know, we're already starting to look towards next summer, but yeah, I think I, I, you know, all this to say traveling with a service mindset, it's amazing. It's fulfilling, but also going to somewhere beautiful and I'm not a beach person, but going on the top of, you know, uh, I want to go to the Canadian Rockies soon. I'd like to hike, you know, I want to do the uh, hike, the pilgrimage, um, Camino, um, I want to do, yeah, I have a thousand adventures I want to do, but I don't think they'll ever be completely devoid of, um, content yeah. in some way. I mean, the service piece just, it just seems to drive you. It, it really does. And I'm curious, you've taken, um, you've taken this like adventure life and this service life and you've blended them together. You said earlier in the podcast, when you realized you could do that, it was like, holy crap, I can do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. So I'm curious, like for people that have heard this podcast today and they're like, you know, they have that sort of similar service mindset, but they also feel that call to adventure. Like what's your advice for those people and sort of getting started? You know, I don't know for most people, it's like, I'm not going to just jump on a, a plane to Africa and just show up. Like how does right. somebody get started in this sort of um, way of life? I will say, um, I got started cause someone invited me, which was the big thing. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I went with, I admit I went with, I went with a church, which helps with the service piece. It's sort yep. of blended. So it's a natural fit. I know there are a lot of unchurched people who will listen to this. And so I don't want you to think like we would take, um, I will say Myers Park United Methodist Church would invite anyone to go on any of it. And you do not have to, to have, um, you know, uh, knowledge of, you know, you, you don't have to recite your favorite verse from the Bible. You don't even have to be a believer. It's just, um, cause we always talk about a church, you know, we have this like people who study the Bible and come into faith that way. I came into faith through works, right. Which is, that was my natural inclination is to, yep. to do for others, to love people. I love people. I love that kind of thing. So that brought me closer to, to the church. Um, so I would say, but there's tons of organizations like Habitat does international trips. Mm, okay. Habitat International travels yeah. to other places. Um, Zoe Empowers, this is a fact. If you want to go to Africa, they set it up. You don't do anything on that trip. That is not a doing trip. It is a witnessing. It is encouraging. It is um, empowering and loving on folks who are working hard and seeing them, right? That's all that trip is, um, but it'll change your life. And then you get to see some cool animals on the end. Like I, first time I went to Africa, yeah. I was kind of like, sweet, there's a safari. But <laughs> at the end I was like, oh, safari, you know, but which was fabulous. But the other, other pieces and parts were, were, magic. So I would say find organizations or things that you're passionate about already. You know, if you, if you are really handy and love, you know, working with your hands, look, check out Habitat International or or check in with Habitat Local. 
um, and find out and, or find something that you're kind of passionate about. There are organizations everywhere who invite you to, because what happens, faith ministry, our organization in Mexico does not need us to build the houses. They, they can build them probably faster without us. Um, but what we are doing is witnessing and supporting so that, you know, our church comes and pays for the house, but we also invest in the house, right? Yeah. Paying and investing are not the same thing. So we've invested in that family and that lives and we'll probably come back the next year and do it again. Right. Yeah. So there are plenty of organizations that need an investment and, and your time um, and travel and witness is an investment. So find something you're passionate about. Yeah. Call me. I'm in the missions department, Myers Park United Methodist. I'm happy to I'm happy to point you in a thousand directions. Oh, there you go. That's perfect. Yep. Well, I you know, I have just been so admiring of these trips that you've taken and and your service mindset. I'm just grateful to be able to call you friend and I appreciate all that you do for our local community and frankly, the world. Um, Britt, you've lived a very, very full life and you know, the, yeah, the story continues and at some point Hollywood's going to make a movie about you. Oh no. Oh, this part. Oh. <laughs> and I want to know when they do, who's going to be the actress that's going to play you in your movie. God, you know, who had one is the woman who, who, um, who played, uh, Wonder Woman, like, Oh, someone like strong, I want someone yeah. strong and Gal, Gal Gadot. Yes. Yeah. There you go. She's also very gorgeous. So, so I'm, I think I'm a little off there, but, um, it'd have to be someone strong. You you totally have the Gal Gadot. You totally have it. Well, that would be my dream. Mm. (laughs) I love it. What's your movie going to be called? Hmm. Trip of a lifetime. Trips of a lifetime. Trips of a lifetime. Or it's like, you know, I, I do think, I do think the a crooked path <laughs> might be another Ooh. one. Um, we just, we end up where we are and it's a mystery sometimes, oh, but, but it's good. And you're Wonder Woman. Well, no, she's Wonder Woman. <laughs> she's Wonder Woman. I just want to be like her when I grow up. Wonder Woman. I love it. A crooked path starring wonder woman oh thank you so much this has been amazing and for those listening i hope you've been inspired today as much as i have i hope that brit's story has encouraged you to listen to the voice inside that calls you to adventure because we want to hear your story next if you have a story to tell or you need a nudge to create one please send me an email we'd also appreciate it if you'd help spread the word by leaving a review and sharing or tagging inspire campfire in your social media And until next time, I want to encourage you to get outside. Britt, thank you for being here. Thank you, Scott.